At this time, David Hope has our, our split sermon with the title, How to Minimize Stress in the Home. I was, my wife told me, just do everything I tell you to do, and it'll work. Thank you, Ken. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to our, welcome, our visitors. It's always good to see people that uh, they're almost not visitors. They come often enough, you know, but uh, we, don't see them too, we don't see them often enough, put it that way. And, and uh, we're always glad to have anyone to come and to share the Sabbath with us. I'm trying to develop a system. I used to, years ago when I would speak, I'd you have three by five cards, you know, little notes and everything. And as time went on, I got thinking, well, what does that mean, you know? So I had to write things out, and then I'd have to put them on the computer and put them in bigger letters so I could see and read. And, and uh, I'm trying to revert back the other way. I'm trying to do less notes, but uh, I said my seeing and hearing didn't help that much, but... Anyway, I have some things here, and I'll try to keep things uh, going smoothly. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. I think uh, most of you can answer affirmative, but do you ever have or have you had uh, uh, religious people come to your neighborhood, come through your house, you know, knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and, and all of that, and, and want to talk to you about religion, hand out some tract or something, you know, I think... Most of us, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you have, you know, shake your head, nod your head. Okay, we see a few. And, uh, and sometimes, uh, and, and, and do you ever get telephone calls, somebody wanting to talk religion? That don't happen as often as the other, but uh, in my neighborhood for a lot of years, uh, we've had uh, a number of people come by, and uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are, are some of the, the most... Uh, common people, and, and they've got a lot of guts. They really do. They have a lot more guts than what I have. That, you know, some of you may have a passion to do something like that, to go out one-on-one -on -one cold calling, and if you do, that's great. Uh, I could probably go along with you, you know, and stand in the background like some of the people, but uh, there's a, one individual that used to come to my house quite often, and he'd always come by on Sabbath morning when we're getting ready for services, and I'll go to the door with my house coat on or something of that nature and sometimes I may be halfway through shaving and uh, but the, the person that would come by was, was usually the same person a lot and it was a pastor of one of the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, here in Tulsa and, and we developed quite a rapport and I you know I don't run them off unless they get tired of listening to me you know they end up I ended up telling them more of my religion than what they tell me about theirs but, you know, they have a lot of things that we can agree with, a lot of things that we can agree with. And, and I will take their pamphlets, you know, they have, what, Watchtower and I think Awake. And, uh, they, and sometimes they have some really good articles. And uh, once in a while, this uh, little black lady, I guess he's black, she sounds black, and I'm not racist, I like black people. But um, uh, once in a while, about once a month, I think, Fran, isn't it, uh, this black lady will call. Her name's Mary. She used to call quite a bit when my wife was still working before she got old and had to retire. 
Chuck, Chuck. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, before she retired, she would go to work before I would, and I'd, I'd leave out, you know, maybe an hour or so later. And, and for some reason, Mary would call in the mornings in between Fran and me, and, and I would listen to her a little bit, and she would want to talk about world events and kind of like uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And, and I don't know what she is. We never did discuss that. But we, we had something in common, and, and she would call. Well, after my wife retired, well, she, a lot of times she answers the phone. I'm not really a real big telephone person. You know, most times you call my house, my wife will answer it even though I'm closer to it. Uh, not that I don't like to talk, but I, I'm just not that good at it. But anyway, and Mary will call and say, this is Mary. Uh, you know, the one that calls uh, every once in a while with the Bible scripture to read. And uh, Fran say, yeah, and they'll talk a little bit. And she said, well, here's, here's scriptures I have for you to read today. And Fran will write them down. And, and uh, you know, they're interesting. They're good. And I, and I appreciate the lady doing that. But I got uh, a few weeks ago, I got a couple of tracks this um, pastor of the church came by and, and he had not come by for a long time. I think we were in the process of trying to move out in the country and we weren't very stable, you know, and he quit coming by. Well, he started coming by again and we didn't move. And uh, we had a, had a nice talk and he always has someone different with him, you know, and they usually stand in the background and they listen and and all that. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, they're new people and what we can say, what I say, might have some influence on them. And they never come back the second time, but the preacher does. But anyway, they had an article here, and, uh, it's, and the title of it's slightly different than what I've got here, but it's How to Stop Strife in the Home. And it's a good article. I, I was reading a thing, and it's not too much different than some of the things that Fran and I used to teach in our marriage workshops that we'd have. And uh, uh, it, it's kind of uh, condensed down a great deal, but it has some really, really good points in it. And, and uh, you know, I haven't spoken too much on relationships in quite a while. I, I used to do it quite often uh, to the point that I started getting a nickname, Dr. Love. You know, so I thought, well, you know, I'm getting stereotype. I'm going to talk about something else, prophecy or good and bad or whatever. But anyway, but it was a good article in, in, in the light of, uh, since a lot of people haven't heard some of these things, and we never know who online will be listening. And um, uh, some other subject I'd like to speak about too. But anyway, but I'm going to, parif- I'm going to be fairly brief with it. And uh, I'm going to do a, a little more reading than what I like doing, but it, it's still, uh, I, I want to put it like they have it. And it's a good article, and, and they may have been to some of the same training that we had been, you know. They, uh, not, not that it's exclusive. I mean, you go to college, you go to conflict resolution and human relations and things like that, you get some of the same stuff. But uh, and I'll, I'll just start off reading the article here in, in the top of it. It says, what if your family seems to be locked into a cycle of strife? Maybe clashes have become more frequent and more intense. Perhaps you do not even know how the disagreement started. Sometimes they get that way. Yet you love one another and you do not want to hurt one another. It is possible to, no, it is important to remember that differences of opinion do not necessarily mean that your family life is degrading or disintegrating. Not that disagreements themselves, it's not the disagreements itself, but it's how you handle the disagreements. And that's what we've, one of the main things we 
taught in our classes. It's how you handle your disagreements. And, of course, we can't begin to go into all what we need to, but we can scratch the surface. Uh, disagreement can determine how tranquil or how hostile your home environment will be. Consider some steps that may help to eliminate strife. And, and I, I don't want to say that we eliminate them. We're, we're not ever going to eliminate total strife, but we can minimize and minimize the effects of it. And they have six points here that I want to cover and I think are very good. And it's not only in your, your, your marital relationships, but you're going together, your dating relationships, or your, our relationships are one-on-one. If you have meetings, you know, you belong to a, a, a club or, or, or uh, you're on the board of trustees of uh, big corporations or something, you know, some of these same things can, can still apply. They're, they're very basic and they're scripturally oriented also. One. Stop retaliating. How many times do we retaliate when, when something doesn't go our way or when we have our feelings hurt? It takes two to argue, but when one begins listening instead of speaking, a heated exchange may start to cool down. So, you know, one of us can, can stop and it'll begin to reverse it. Therefore, resist the urge to retaliate when provoked, and that takes, takes strength sometimes to do, especially if you're an aggressive type person like me, and, and uh, you know, I like, I like to push, trying to overcome that, but um, maintain your own self-respect and dignity by controlling yourself. Remember, peace in the family is more important than winning arguments. It's like uh, you used to say, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? <laughs> you know, do you want your wife or your husband to, to, to love you or do you want to be right in the argument? And here's a scripture that they gave, which is good. And there are a lot of good scriptures for it. I'm going to turn to, uh, uh, I think I gave that to um, the boys back there, uh, Matthew, and, I mean, uh, Matt and them. Brian, I'm sorry. Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26 and verse 20, and just and like I said, there are a lot of a lot of scriptures we can go to, and a lot of chain references, but we're not going to take the time today to to go into a lot of exhaustive studies on that. Proverbs uh, 26 verse 20 says, in light of what we were saying, where no wood is, the fire goes out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. So if, if we don't add to the, the, the controversy, then it's more apt to go out. Point number two, acknowledge your family member's feelings or your other, you know, other people's feelings difference. Active and emphatic listening without interpreting or prejudging can do much to quell anger and restore peace. And that's one of the main things that, that we have taught in our classes, that, you know, you, you, uh, uh, you, you don't, uh, well, that's what it is. Anyway, instead of imputing motive, bad motive, and we do that all the time, and usually they're wrong, acknowledge the other person's feelings. 
and they not necessarily be right, but they do have feelings. Acknowledge those feelings. Do not attribute to malice what may be caused by imperfection. You know, I say things all the time that really can be construed in the wrong way, and you can impute motive. Well, what did he say about that, or what did he mean about that? And, and I impute sometimes to have it with my wife. Hurtful speech may be more the product of thoughtlessness or a wounded heart than a meaning or mean to be uh, a vengeful spirit. Back over in the Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians 3, and we've got verse 12 through 17. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, mercy, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Nowhere is it that more important than in the family relationships or even church relationships. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And that's another subject, and, and I know uh, I'm not through reading yet. Um, what was it? Uh, Mark McGar- McGarvey gave a message here this summer on forgiveness and covered a few stories. Uh, I, that's another subject that I want to come up with, and, and a lot of us have done that in the past, but uh, in a lot more depth, in a lot more, or in a different way, not necessarily a lot more depth, but forgiving one another and forgiving yourself. Verse 14, Above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts when you talk to your mate or your partner. To the which also you are called in one body, and be you thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of God dwell in you richly. You know, we have to work at that. We have to inculcate that and see how those things work in our lives. Richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. And so whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. How would we talk to Jesus? How would we talk if we really, really believed in our heart and mind that Jesus was there in our conversations? Which he is, but we don't really always believe that. We always, you know, he's always somewhere else. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Point number three that I want to talk about that they mentioned. Give yourself time to cool down. And that's another one of, uh, one of our lessons. Has, it spends a lot of time on <laughs> taking time out and, and how to have the time in and what you do in time out. And, and uh, just, you know, almost a whole lesson on that. Um, if your emotions are volatile, and sometimes they do get volatile, and we get into discussion or disagreement, uh, sometimes they can really go... 
and uh, as my wife calls it, uh, emotional hijacking. When we get into a serious conversation with somebody and, and we start really getting heated up and we're really right and being offended or whatever, uh, sometimes you're just talking, you, you, you're just blowing back and forth. Both people are, are steaming and they're not paying any attention to what the other person's saying. But uh, the adrenaline is there and, 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 and it takes usually about 20, 25 minutes to just just let it go. Don't even get into a situation like that for at least that long, sometimes longer. But anyway, let me start over again. Let, if your emotions are volatile, you may be wise to excuse yourself properly and walk away for a short while to cool down. Maybe you can go to another room or go for a walk until you have gained your composure. This is not stonewalling, you know, trying to avoid it, and that's one of the symptoms, danger signs in a relationship that you never want to talk about a situation. You want to always avoid it. This is not stonewalling, that is, being uncooperative or evasive, nor is it the silent treatment. It's not that, you know, I'm going to not talk to you for a month where someone refuses to communicate. Rather, this is perhaps a good time to pray to God for patience, insight, and understanding. So there are a lot of ways of cooling down. Some people will, like I said, go for a walk. Some people will watch TV. Somebody, someone will read a book or, or uh, call a friend. You really don't want to call someone and start venting because you, you keep, the, keep the stuff going. Oh, my wife, my, you know, they've done this and done that. Well, it takes you a lot longer to cool down, so that's not really always a good way to do it. Uh, scripture we have here for this, and like I said a while ago, there are a lot of good scriptures that will go along with that, but to keep it down time-wise, uh, Proverbs 17, verse 14. Seventeen fourteen. The beginning of strife is as when one lets out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it is meddled with. And the longer we're around someone, the more we know how to push their buttons and make them hot and get them angry. Uh, I learned a lot when my mother, when I was growing up, my mother was not the easiest person to get along with. She loved all five of us children, but you know, she wasn't the easiest one to get along with. And, and uh, I learned at an early age what to say and when to say, you know, the timing. You know, I'd go in and say, uh, what's for supper or when supper's ready? And I mean, immediately, you know, 100 and, or 212 degree boiling, you know, oh, blah, 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 you tell them, blah, you know. And so I got to where I didn't do that. And then if I'd go in and sneak around and look in the refrigerator, then I got in trouble. But <laughs> anyway, but we, we, we learn what, how, in most cases, if, if we're, the mate keeps us around long enough, or anyway. Uh, I read that then, okay. Point four, carefully consider what needs to be said and how to say it. And that takes a lot of skill a lot of times. And some of us are wiser than others, and others, uh, I'm not, I say us, I'm not necessarily the most wise person, but it will not improve matters if you focus your effort on preparing a finely honed, cunning rebuttal. You know, most people in, in a discussion, they're not listening with intent what that person is saying. 
all they're doing, they're angry, they're mad. Oh yeah, but, you know, and they're, and they're just sitting there thinking, okay, now here's how I can re rebut that. We don't rebut. You know, that's one of the rules in, in the, the, what the speaker-listener technique, you know, you don't rebut. You sit there and you patiently listen and, and evaluate what they're saying. And uh, doesn't mean they're necessarily right, but that's that's what they're thinking. And you know, we've been, and there's other skills. And some of you've been through the class and understand what we're saying. But uh, they're paraphrasing here. Instead, try to say something that can help soothe your loved one's hurt feelings. And rather than dictating how you think or how she, they're putting a female in there. <laughs> think how she should be feeling. You know, you ought to be feeling this. Look at it this way. Anyway, you don't do that. Humbly ask for clarification. You know, because sometimes we do misunderstand. How many times do we understand? Misunderstand. Anyway, ask for clarification and express thanks for any help or insight you receive. How many times did I get angry, and some of you may have too, driving, and, and your mate will say, uh, you, you missed your turn, or you better slow down getting this lane over here. Don't tell me what to do, you know. I've done that. And then my wife would not tell me because it would make me angry, and then I'd miss my turn. Why didn't you tell me? Well, it would make you mad, you know. So, so I, I get any more uh, most of the time. Most of the time, uh, I will thank her. Because, you know, because I am inattentive. I don't chew gum and walk at the same time. I don't, walk, I don't drive and carry on a real deep conversation. I go right past, past where I'm going. So I, I get, for the most time, I like to thank my wife for, but if I'm in a bad attitude, you know, I, you don't need to tell me what to do. Um, while we're over here close to Proverbs 12, let's go back over to Proverbs 12 and verse 18 in, in light of what we were saying. Proverbs 12 and verse 18. There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So practice being wise with the tongue. Point number five, if you're keeping up with the points on this. Keep your volume down and the your tone conciliatory and how how much does our body language our tone uh, sometimes will will be even more drastic than than sometimes the words we say and I know when my children were at home and Becky our last daughter when she was home uh, she would say dad you don't have to yell well I wasn't yelling I just use my deep voice, you know, I just said, you know, and I wouldn't yell, I would just use a different tone. Dad, you know, to her, and she was so tender, I was yelling, I mean, this was really hurting the poor girl. And uh, I, I learned that almost too late, you know. I think she was a senior in high school when, when I finally got to where I could deal with my little girl without, you know, hurting her feelings and, and making her rebellious. And basically, I took one of the courses I've taken out at, uh, uh, used to be TJC, TCC now, you know, on conflict resolution, human relations, and all that. And I wish I had learned that stuff many years later. When you've got four daughters, and, and uh, you've got, what, two, three daughters. You, Steve's got three daughters, you know, and, and a wife. So you can't be chauvinistic if you've got that many girls in the house. And, and it really would be nice to know how to handle them. 
not handle them, but <laughs> handle yourself to keep from being handled. But anyway, um, uh, one family member's impatience can easily rouse another's anger. Resist the urge to be sarcastic or insulting or to raise your voice, no matter how offended you may feel. Practice control. Avoid hurtful accusations such as, you don't care about me. You know, if you did, you wouldn't be doing this. You don't care about me. You don't love me. Or you never listen. And I always hate that word. You never do such and such. It's like it never happens. Well, once in a while it does happen. Sometimes I am nice. Sometimes I am good. Sometimes I don't do that. But I really hate it when my wife says, you never do such and such. She don't do that too much anymore. But uh, I don't like it anyway. Rather, tell your spouse in a calm manner how his or her conduct has affected you. And that is so important. You know, rather than accusing someone, you know, uh, uh, Larry could say something to me, you know, and it, it might, uh, and, and I think, Larry, you know, when you say that, that, that really makes me, you know, I, I feel, feel like you think I'm not uh, measuring up. You think I'm stupid or dumb or, or it hurts my feet. You know, it, how, how does that situation make me feel? Not, not that you're so bad, but how does it make me feel? And sometimes, uh, and my wife would do that. You know, I, I, I still do things from the pulpit that, that that's may be offensive to her, but I used to come on real strong about, oh, she's the boss, she does this, does that, you know. And she said, that really makes me feel, you know, such and such. Well, I don't want her to feel that way. I think that's erroneous. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I don't think you ought to feel that way, but it does. So, you know, we have to quit doing some of those things. But anyway, just knowing how it makes them feel. Shoving, slapping, kicking, or other forms of violence is never excusable. The same is true of name-calling, contemptuous comments, or threats. So, you know, being, being brutal is never okay. And... Uh, I don't want to get started on that. I got a message here a year or so ago down at Branson, and it was hard for me to stay contained because I don't like the idea when, when, when men beat women, and sometimes women beat men. <laughs> uh, see what we have a scripture for this one. Ephesians four verse thirty-one. Ephesians four and verse thirty-one. 31 32. Yeah. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32. And be, ki be you kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Point number six. Be quick to apologize and explain what you will do to rectify the situation. Do not let negative emotions cause you to lose sight of your main objective. Making peace, or objective making peace. Remember, if you fight with someone, both of you lose. If you make peace, 
both of you win. So take responsibility for your part in the dispute, even if you are convinced that you have done nothing wrong. You can still apologize for getting irritated. Respond the way you did, oh, responding the way you did, or unintentionally contributing to the upset. You know, whatever we did, I, I, I didn't read it and then smoothly enough, but whatever we did, you know, something, we did something, even though we're right and they're wrong, but we did something to contribute to all of this, and, and we need to apologize for, uh, you know, our part of it, our misunderstanding, and our doing whatever we're doing in it, and, and, and to apologize, and, and uh, I don't know if that's just human nature or what, but it, it, it was awfully hard for me as a younger person to apologize to anybody for anything especially to my wife or my kids, and, and we just did not re apologize to our kids, which that was a big mistake, I found out, you know. Uh, an apology can do so much more. Um, let me see. I'm just trying to see, make sure I haven't left something out. Okay, um, anyway, apologize for our part. Peace, peaceful, res no, peaceful, <laughs> peaceful relationships are more important than pride and victory. And if someone apologizes to you, be quick to forgive them. Get back over to my three by five card. Um, there's another article in here that uh, in the same thing, I'm not going to go into it. I, if, if I didn't digress enough and I got through it real fast, I was going to take thing. well, let's just go ahead. It's got, it has some really good principles in it, and this is the Awake magazine. Now, if, 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 if you guys don't, uh, don't feel like, I'm not pushing them, I'm just telling you, you know, they, they have some things that we can agree with, and, and some things, even the Baptist has some things, and Presbyterians and others have some things, even the Bathmore Bible studies, you know, that our women are going through, and even on things that the, the women are covering, you know, sometimes they're just really blatantly opposite of what we believe, but, you know, uh, they'll stop, they'll stop, and they'll come back and, and said, okay, here's what we believe. Here's our proof text. Here's our scriptures. So, and, and our older women, I think, and I, and I really respect them because we've got a number of women in here that have got 200 plus years experience in this way of life and some of the younger people that haven't really heard, you know, out in the world some of the viewpoints that some of these other religions have. And our older women, you know, are really good at that. They're really good at uh, straightening things out. But anyway, there's another article here, and, and I'm adding these, it and another one to my bucket list I mentioned here. Uh, I don't know, last time or so I spoke, and I had a, a bucket list, you know, subject, possible subjects that I want to do down through the time period. And, and uh, fortunately, some, some of our men have already uh, given some of them, which I'm glad, you know. And, and, and it wasn't my inspiration. It was just some of the things that, you know, they came up with. And, and it's things that I probably won't need to cover. Or maybe I will anyway because my personality is different and I'll handle it differently. But uh, this, here's another article that I'm going to work on sometime, uh, uh, which really is, is kind of a, 
not a conclusion, but a, an extension of this particular message, a different article, different, and uh, the, the uh, name of it is Bible, Principle, <laughs> Bible Principles That Promote Peace. And this is something I've been thinking about for a while anyway, you know, things that will really, really enhance your relationship, really make it good, really, re- really, you know, I, lo- I love good relationships and marriages, I really do. And uh, if I had more time, I'd paraphrase this and just to kind of water your, your, your uh, or, or give you something to anticipate. And uh, there's another article that sometimes, well, I'm not going to get into that because it takes a lot of development. But anyway, uh, get right back down to the line. Excuse me. Uh, in conclusion, I don't have any more scriptures to go to right now. We can and must have less stress in our home life and in our life with others. But we must work at it. It doesn't come easy, but we, we can have less strife in our relationships. And let's, let's work on that uh, among ourselves and our groups, our church, and everywhere else. Let's work and do our part to make relationships really pleasant.